Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael, founder of Fisher Philbrick, and we're here to help small business owners start and build their own businesses. And this podcast you're listening to, well, it's just one of the ways for us to do so. I'll be sharing the ups and downs of my own life, as well as featuring small business owners, where we bring you encouragement, motivation, and drive, reminding you that it's never too early or too late to begin your business journey. Welcome to another episode. So excited to have you here. And today we have that's right, another awesome business interview. And today it is with a business owner named James and his company is called Three Ninjas Productions. And we have such a great conversation about his story, his background, his journey, and really everything that has led him to where he is today with what he's doing in his awesome business and really businesses because he's got a lot of awesome and cool different ones that he even mentions on the show. So pay close attention because we go through a lot but it was so much fun talking with him and we're gonna hear about a documentary that he is working on and it's coming out in just a few months and that's right we're gonna have a trailer for you in the show notes so you can check it out now but be sure to stay tuned after the show because i'm gonna have some closing thoughts on everything and then yeah make sure you jump down there and support james and all that he is doing but Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with Three Ninjas Productions. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today. I'd love to just start with having you introduce yourself. So let us know your name as well as where you're located. Yeah, my name is James Orozco and I am from Oakwood, Ohio. Awesome. How's everything there in Ohio? It's pretty cold nowadays, right? Yeah, it snowed about an inch today. And can you let us know some of your background? Because we're going to get into a lot of what you are working on, both your production company as well as some of your other businesses. But as far as your background, can you let us know? I know when you applied, you let me know that you're a veteran. You have some different experiences as well of getting into firefighting and just everything within that. I think it'd be really cool to hear a little bit about. Oh, sure. When I graduated high school from Wayne Trace, I joined the United States Navy and uh, I went to a few different deployments, but most of it was in South America. And uh, we would just do different things down there with other navies. It was called UNITAS. And then uh, counter-narcotic operations also is a little bit of what we did. But while I was in there, I did a lot of firefighting training. Most sailors do. But uh, when I got back home, after a while, it's been here. I don't know. I got out in 2008. Now it's 2024. So, But here lately, the I've seen ads from the volunteer fire department is doing really poorly about getting new people to come in. And so they're getting worried. And I realized that it's a national shortage. So me and my two boys, we're going to, well, we've already been volunteering, but you got to go through about three months of showing up and then they'll vote on you. And then if they like you, they'll send you to the firefighting one training. So I'm kind of in the, the third month or whatever. <laughs> just going up there and showing them your reliable kind of thing and cleaning hoses and putting away equipment, charging tanks and stuff. Nice. Do your sons want to become firefighters too, you think, growing up? Or it's just like a, a cool thing for them to be a part of and, and see you helping? Well, it's more important. Yeah, I homeschool them. So I believe leading by example. So they see me going up there or, you know, putting the cart back in the, you know, the thing at Walmart. It's kind of like, if they see you doing it, it's easier for them to kind of follow suit. So it kind of, everything I do, I kind of do to, so one day when they get old enough, they can, you know, lead by example for their kids as well. <laughs> it sounds corny, but. No, it's good. You start young, right? Yeah. My older sister has a 
like two and a half year old and one year old, and they're being very diligent about everything now. I'm like, oh, it makes sense because <laughs> they want to create good elementary school students to middle school, high school, yeah, to adults, and yeah. you know, like as you mentioned, one day having their own kids. Yeah. And besides working on your businesses and, and what you do, what do you like to do for fun? I mean, sounds like you you already mentioned your homeschool and yeah, but anything in particular that you guys like to do? Yeah, we do a lot of canoeing, hiking, go to a lot of museums. We do a lot of skateboarding. <laughs> and then uh, let's see, that's pretty much minus editing videos and I install doors and do a lot of cooking. But other than that, that's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah. And that can segue into the, the next question of what other business projects do you do? Because I know you mentioned the skateboarding and you have a, a whole foundation around that too, right? Yeah. About three years ago, it was kind of like my girlfriend's son, who is basically my, my forever girlfriend. I don't know how you would say it. We're living together and we're going to be together forever. <laughs> I love her to death. The Her son, he was kind of not very doing well and maybe showed signs of being on the spectrum and he didn't really fit in so much with like whatever all the other kids were doing but i was picking up skateboarding just for the heck of it and he was about five and then all of a sudden this kid knew how to skateboard because he was watching me and he just loved it he just, he wasn't afraid he was skating around the block with me and doing tricks and stuff and i was just like oh my god like you know, people would say that, like, this kid shouldn't do stuff like that, you know. And so I started a little thing to try to get my kids some friends and try to get, you know, build up my local community. I noticed that there was a lot of kids who weren't being involved with local sports or any kind of local events. And most of the time, most kids with any kind of disabilities sat sidelines if they were lucky, you know. And then so this kind of way, I buy him a skateboard I get him a t-shirt and then we get together a few times a month throughout the summer and then just teach him how to be part of a team, uh, how to win, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. So cool to hear. And I know growing up when I was in middle school, one of my good friends, he got into skateboarding. I never was willing to potentially hurt my wrists or <laughs> injure myself. So I became the the photographer, videographer. So I'd go to the skate park with him and I would look like a skater, which to me was the cool part. It's like, <laughs> I look like I fit in, but I don't know how to do much besides ride it, you know, like around the block or oh, no, something yeah. like Walking that. But cool. I still have these really funny, like windows movie maker, like memories on that. I shared to Facebook and they're like 12 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. we were so tiny. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's old school. I love it. Yeah, and I share it with a friend, and he's just so embarrassed. He's like, that should not be anywhere. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone cares from, like, my, you know, the flip phone quality of yeah. thinking we were cool. But. No, yeah, it's just it's just the intent behind it. It's just awesome, you know. I love it. Yeah, and I'd love to know a short description now of your business right here with the production one. Can you oh. give us its name and kind of what it does? Yeah, Three Ninjas Productions kind of sprawled from the homeschool I uh, I own a door company, and I was working ridiculous amount trying to get through a pretty rough divorce and then a custody battle. But at the end of the custody battle, it was really nice because I was able to figure out a way to not have to work the days I had my children, which is about half the week, and then the other half of the week... I had to kind of figure out ways to get income that wasn't conventional 
so I could be a stay-at-home dad, but also be successful to be able to pay child support and, uh, you know, bills and stuff. So, yeah, it, it kind of went from doing really good with the doors and then the Christmas and stuff came and the cold weather. And like this winter, it's been about two months since I had a door. But that was the way it was last winter, and it was pretty rough. But this winter, I... I started a food company. Uh, we do catering and events. And then we also do the Three Ninjas Productions, which we edit about eight to 10 videos for a nonprofit called On the Road of Recovery, which is state funded and plus privately funded YouTube channel that is sole mission is to humanize addiction and try to get the message for recovery out there, you know. So. Me and my two sons are actually editors for that, which pretty much how we pay the bills now is through our videos. We edit for nonprofits and uh, stuff like that, which is kind of cool. And man, that yeah. Yeah. keep going. Yeah, that's Sorry, awesome. No. And then so it went from I had a GI bill from the U.S. Navy and I was like, I need to use it. So I, I decided to go to college for something I really wanted to do. And that was to be a filmmaker. I just love history and I love documentaries and i just wanted to kind of i don't know record local history for generations to come to kind of that way it's not lost you know and then i went to full sail university i was there for about a year for cinematography learned a lot about different equipment what you know which kind of shots for which situations lighting a little bit editing and then covid came and i had to go back to work I wasn't able to make a lot of money when the shutdown happened. So I decided to put school on hold and then I went back to work and built my company up. And then I started to have a little more free time with the kids. Uh, so I was like, let me go back to school. So I went to San Francisco film school for about, I don't know, six to eight months where I learned film theory and which was a lot of like critiquing films, editing, storyline writing production how to how to control different actors it was really it was really cool and then i got asked to be a producer on a tv uh local tv station called defiance community television for a football show they had for their live youtube and then i produced that for about 10 weeks but i wasn't able to go to they call it low residency at the school so again, I dropped out to help this local TV station kind of get through the football season, which was stupid. But I, I'm going back. I just haven't had time to get figure out when. Thanks for sharing all that. That's super cool to see how you got started in it. And how about the name? I mean, I can guess yeah. what the name three, like I, I have a pretty good idea of who the three ninjas are, but can you talk about how you came up with that name and just what it means to you? Yeah, no problem. It's a little bit personal, like... It sounds so stupid, but like when I was going through my divorce, I didn't really have a whole lot. So I was able to get a place. I didn't have any internet or any furniture, but we did have a TV and I put my hotspot on. We was able to watch YouTube. So I got, it was like, oh, two months that I wasn't able to see my children because of my ex-wife just thought, I don't know, that's a whole nother story, but um we were fighting over the kids. Basically I wanted to see them and she wanted full custody. I wanted shared custody and it, it ended up being shared custody at the end, which was really nice. But, uh, well, anyways, 
I didn't see him for about two months. And then we were watching the only free movie that we could watch was three ninjas. Cause everything else you had to like buy a rent. And then uh, mm-hmm. my son was like, yeah, you know, we're the three ninjas. And then it kind of just sprawled out of there. It was pretty exciting. Cause it was just like, they would say three ninjas, this three ninjas, that, you know, it really brought us back together. Nice. No, that's so awesome to hear. And I don't think it's cheesy or weird at all. I think it's like super, super nice, like very care, like touches your heart of like, oh man, that's so cool. And because you get to work with your kids in this business. So I think it's extra special. And I mean, if I was a kid, I'd be like, how cool is that? We're in the business <laughs> together. You know? Yeah, I made up business cards and stuff. <laughs> so funny. And what was your overall focus when you were like coming up with the idea for this and kind of seeing like, oh, there's a way that you know, we well, can have yeah. your kids help you and really like make this a thing. <laughs> well, when I was at San Francisco film school, I didn't realize I was signing up for double semesters. So basically I would take the morning and night class because I started mid semester, which I didn't know at the time. And, oh, and that was taking up all my busy, busy. Yeah. It was taking up all my time. It was like 16 hours a day of like zoom classes and, and, and going out and shooting footage and editing. And, but I had to have my kids with me the whole, so basically they would start, they I just make them take the cl- online classes with me. So they're sitting there for weeks, just, you know, sitting there and make, I make them watch, you know, do the same thing. And I kind of like teach them, you know, to kind of be like a lecture here and a lecture there. Cause what is, is really teaching me for my, you know, study. And then they really picked up on it and they were super interested. And that's why I kind of just, I kind of went, I don't know. I, I noticed they were interested. So I really wanted to support them, you know, and that's why we're, we kind of just turned into having all this, a little, you know, equipment and, I met, I, we were, stu- this is a whole nother, we are doing a film now, a couple films, but you know, it just, it just, I couldn't believe that it went from being us hanging out in front of a computer, learning about film to being producers on a TV show. You know, it was just, it was really cool. <laughs> like it is crazy where it takes you. Yeah, I know. And that's, what's so cool about, you know, talking, I get to talk with so many people that have these like unique stories and then to be able to share that I think is so cool because you would never know like as you keep getting jobs they'd be like oh yeah three ninjas productions of course you know they're just they're just the name they're they do a good job and you're like well yeah of course we do but you know like we've got a whole story of how we got here and it's never I think with most people it's never just a straight journey you know of like oh we want to do it here we are yeah and I'd love to know what kind of drew you to becoming an entrepreneur? Because you, you've already mentioned, like you do a lot of different things and that's, that is not for everyone. You know, a lot of people, maybe one day they want to yeah. start a business, but they don't kind of go into, <laughs> to, you know, like you've got like what, three or four yeah. different things. <laughs> well, and that was a lot of that came from, I was in a bad wreck where it was real foggy and a guy, a semi truck pulled out in front of the semi truck in front of me. And then they T-boned. And I swerved and another semi destroyed, like smashed my trailer in between the semi in front of me. And then I got dislocated, thankfully, and got launched off into the median. I got hurt a little, but nothing bad. But the very next day, I was that was like right in the middle of the custody battle. And me trying to get enough money to pay for a lawyer, but like trying to figure out, because I had, I was a contractor and I was, I was, 
going from city to city, trying to like just find work from COVID. It was pretty rough. And then I started getting work, but it was like, oh, they needed every second, you know. So the couple of weeks building up to that wreck, I was probably doing, I don't know, 16 hour days, seven days a week because I wasn't able to see my children. So I was really like just pouring my heart into just work. And then uh, that wreck happened, and the very next day, I, I stopped. <laughs> I had the idea of just figuring out a way to make enough money to pay my child support, have an honest living, but do it three days a week, scattered out mostly on the weekends. <laughs> and then it just kind of, you know, trying different things and noticing what my area kind of needed and what I'm naturally good at. And then trying to figure out a way to monetize, like, my talents, you know. And then I don't really do so well ever since the correction job. It's like social anxiety is completely different for me. And then so when I would get a job working for people, they would think that I'm talking to them like they're a prisoner sometimes. <laughs> and then it was like, no, 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 no. I, I didn't even look, I was just trying to say, you know, you're doing that wrong. I'm so sorry. Like if you thought, you know, it was just kind of, yeah. you things you don't realize you're, you don't have like, you know, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but so I realized that bosses, there was like two types of bosses for me when I was employed by others was people absolutely loved me. Or they just couldn't stand me. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was like, oh, he has problems with all this safety stuff. Or, you know, it was just kind of like, it just depend on who was running the situation, I guess. But I realized that I had to start my own business if I was going to do anything, you know, to leave my children anything. So I stopped working for people after the prison. And then uh, that was when I started doing the entrepreneurship. Nice. That's so cool. And I think it is cool that nowadays you can start your own projects, businesses, so that you can make it work with your schedule so that you can be with your kids. And even with my business here and the other stuff I want to do, I'm like, I would love to do it so that I can be at home for that when I am married and have kids, I can help with that. And, you know, just all all of us being it together, whatever that looks like. I mean, yeah. I think in the beginning, it'd be hard to be like, I need to be on a call. I cannot have a crying baby. <laughs> but, you know, that's such a limited time compared to like the rest of the home life that comes with it. But super cool to hear how you can, you know, make that work and create kind of your own future for yourself and your kids. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty lonely sometimes. But if you have a few, like my girlfriend, Amanda, and my parents, they're pretty much the only three people I talk to. And uh, I tell you what, man, I wouldn't be able to do anything without them. They're just so awesome. <laughs> you know, because they th that's what keeps me going is because of, like, the support. You know, that's that's big for me. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's great. And then when it comes to working on films and all of that, did you think you would be doing this when you were younger? Did you have any interest in that when you were growing up or was this just something like later in life you kind of really fell in love with the idea and like oh yeah dove no. all into it film was like i don't know when i was a kid i never really had a camera or anything like that but i would sit in front of i remember as a young child we had once we was able to buy a vhs player my mom had a tape called pretty woman 
And it was like the only tape we had. And I watched Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts probably a thousand times that summer. And I was getting so bored with it. I started looking at it like, well, what's in this film? What else is here? And I started, well, why did they do that? You know, why is this that way? You know, how did they do that? That was cool. So it started, it just, I don't know. When I was real little, you know, it's pretty common for people to try to guess the end of the movie or who the bad guy is, you know. But it was like, I was, I just found it more, more fun to be like, did you notice the way they had that angle pointed up at that lady? I was like, why'd they do that? That's weird, you know, kind of thing. And then I would like Google or try to research what that, why they did that before I even thought about like, you know, anything else that was like stuff I thought about a lot when I was a kid. So I knew one day I was going to be making movies when I was younger, like just from that one, just from watching Julia Roberts, I knew I was like, I could do this <laughs> feeling, <laughs> you know, that's so stupid. Cause I completely yeah. forgot about it forever. You know? Yeah. And it, isn't it crazy because based on where the camera is looking or like those different elements, it can convey a whole different meaning, right? As far as like oh, what yeah. you want the audience and the viewer to feel without them knowing, oh, you know, yeah. like they don't know all of the switches you're doing in the editing, but yeah. you can tell when it's bad. I'll, I'll say that, <laughs> but the good stuff you're like, yeah, I'm feeling these things. Yeah. That's a, fun, that's a common saying they say is like, nobody can tell you what a good movie is, but everybody can tell you what a bad movie is. Like they, so it's like, they can't tell you why it's good, but they can tell you a hundred reasons why it's bad, you know? And it's like, there's like, it's, you know, there's so many different things that ever since I wish I would have never went to film school. Cause now it's like everything I watch is like, it's just, mis you know, like I feel like I see mistakes. And, <laughs> oh, I can do that. Or, but now I, I don't know. I find that to be kind of like annoying. When I try, like nobody wants to watch movies with me. <laughs> kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. I did a bunch of theater and musical theater growing up. So a lot of the performing side of things. And so even now I, well, I don't usually have the money to go to shows and it, like, I like. I like being an actor. I like being in it. I don't like watching it necessarily, but I just get so embarrassed. And like, like you're saying, I sit there, I'm like, they probably don't want to be here. They're backstage complaining about their life. And then they come on stage. Oh, hello. I'm going <laughs> to deliver my line. And then it goes back. And then like, it's all a facade because the set is not real. You know, looks beautiful from the front. And just knowing like all of the little things where I'm just like, I don't know if it's been ruined for me <laughs> or, or what, but I know it. I don't know. It's definitely, I've realized too, I did a lot of, got into writing. So like script writing. So I'll notice at least in film and in shows, like when it's really good writing and I'm just like, whoa, yeah. this is good. Like I, I love, especially the, the fast, like that's the, the comedic, but it's like, boom, 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 delivering lines really fast where your brain's like trying to keep up with it. And it's like, this is funny. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I, that's, that's awesome. I, I feel the same way for sure. And what would you say your favorite element is to producing films in the whole, you know, whether it's the, Oh, I planning I, for it to shooting it, to editing it. Cause there's a lot that goes into oh, yeah. like a film production for sure. And I'm, I'm not like, I'm a novice for sure, you know, but I feel like I have an understanding of lighting and sound and, uh, and how, you know, how script works. And, and so it's kind of like, the writing part is what makes or breaks it. You know, it's, you got to have, you know, the, the shot list and 
you got to have, you know, kind of like an idea of direction because if you don't have the direction, the structure just kind of falls apart. And then there's just nothing there that people want to watch. There's like no substance. So I like the stuff that has nice cuts that make sense with frames, you know, people in frame, not weird framing. I like color. I love Foley, like sounds that just, kind of make you feel like you're there, you know, using a hand shot in a situation, you know, that you're supposed to not when you're not supposed to just because it's easier, you know, little things, you know, I appreciate when I do my, the films that I'm putting together now are years in the work and it's kind of building up to this November. We're debuting at the defiance college, uh, November Preston Island. So it's, it's a documentary style. So it's, it's been a lot of, it feels a lot more like recording audio more than anything. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so cool. Cause then you'll see it all come together. I think that's always the hard part with like friends and family. They're like, you've been working on this project forever. And you're like, yeah, but they take a lot of work, but just wait because <laughs> by the time it all comes together, like blows them away. Yeah. Patience is like, it's just because it's got, like, I'm kind of particular. It's why I love doing doors and finished carpentry and editing and, like, just making sure every little detail. It's kind of relaxing to me. And uh, that's that's one of the best things about this kind of work is, like, it's on my time. You know, I if it's not right, it's not going out, you know, the kind of feel. And there's no pressure because I'm funding the whole movie. It took me a year and a half of buying coffee and trying to talk to an expert his name's dr younger to try to just to get him to do this movie and then now he's on board he's writing the scripts we're working together on it but it's just it's just been i don't know a godsend because it was he's the last person on earth that knows anything about this island you know and he's he's willing to do this movie with me because he's just he's just really i don't know he just believes in me i guess <laughs> so <laughs> It's kind of funny. Yeah, and we can jump right into that of talking about the documentary. If you want to, so you shared the name, right? Preston Island. But can you kind of talk about what the topic and theme is of this? And like, why Like, why did this interest you as oh, you were sure. kind of figuring out? Or, or how did you discover it was there? Well, the funny thing was, is this how it started? I was in Defiance and I was trying to find something for me and my two sons to do. And I, one thing I would always do was kind of look at a map and look for parks and on Google maps, there was this Island that said Island park. I was like, Oh, there's a park on this Island. You know, that's weird. how did we get there? <laughs> yeah, Nobody said anything about this. I've lived here my whole life. And then I kind of Google it and it turns out it's not in a park at all. It's just an Island. And there's like a couple of old clippings of newspapers that say stuff like, like a president was speaking there and it was like this weird, like had stadiums and uh, baseball fields where the reds played at. And it's like, what, what? And it was like 19 early, late 1800s, early 1900s. So I was like, we need to go out to this. I like the metal detect. And so I snuck out to the Island metal detected didn't find nothing, but I was like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to be on this thing, you know? So I figured out who owned it. It was owned by acres land trust. It was about three years ago. I called them and tried to buy the island, which is doesn't make no sense. But yeah, I was like, man, maybe it's cheap. I can probably get it for a few thousand. But I don't know. I was like, let me just see what you know what my chances are. 
And they said, no, we're, it's been gifted to us in a trust, and it's now a protected uh, nature preserve. But we can't find nobody to be the steward of Preston Island. Would you mind stewarding? And then she said it involves – you have to basically commit for the rest of your life, you know, um, if you want to take this volunteer position. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, only if my two sons can do it too. And they said that would be awesome. So me and my two sons became the stewards after that. And then the lady, her name was Raina Ramos, a very nice lady from Acres, outreach manager there. She got a hold of me and said, hey, there's a doctor named Dr. Younger. He's like an expert. And he'd like to get a hold of you. See, if he heard about how you were interested in the island. And uh, at this time, I was in uh, Full Sail University for cinematography. And I went to uh, coffee with him. And then I heard the story about this island. And it was almost like, I don't know, I saw the movie play in my head. And I was like, we need to get this. You know, <laughs> He's like, I got so much stuff. He's been collecting and researching and doing speeches on Preston Island since the 70s. Whoa. He's an amazing professor at a, multiple colleges. And it was just... He has all these stories. He's just this he's elderly man that you wouldn't think about it, you know, and it's like we sit down for years now and talk. He's a really good friend of mine. I consider him a really good friend. And by by the end of this year, like his I don't know if it's fifty years of research or more is you know, is gonna be finally all like put on film and it's and it's really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. A few things that I think of with the the, the people listening. Is it in a like a river, a lake? Oh, and then how bad. did you first get to it versus how do you get yeah. to it now? Because I know at the top you said you guys like either canoeing or kayaking. So when you first got there, <laughs> did you just like yeah, canoe your way up there? 28. Don't get me. I, he's the expert. I'm the filmmaker. So it's like between 26 to 28 acres of this wooded area that's shaped like a marquee diamond. It's kind of long and with tips at the ends and kind of fat in the middle. There's deer. I've seen foxes, maybe a coyote or some sort of big dog <laughs> that's out there. The water gets to be about four feet deep and, you know, just yards across some, you know, in some spots, maybe like 30 yards. And then, so deer like to swim across a lot. And uh, people like to, I, like just this recently, I went out there to do the winter inspection and we saw, we had to cut down a bunch of like twine that was holding up beer cans and they were doing target practice out there with pellet guns. And it was like just this big mess, you know, we went and picked up, but it's like, so people go out there and party and fish. We put signs up, but it's kind of like we go out there and pick, like I just took six bags of trash to the dump yesterday. <laughs> like there's just, when we do it in you know, every season, we go and pick up as much as we can carrying a canoe. But so when you get out there, you got to kind of climb up a small kind of cliff face, but not, not really a cliff face, but where the earth was kind of dug away. So you got to grab onto the roots and kind of get up just cause the sand beach is too muddy. And you, it's just like quicksand. If you try to go up on the beach, cool. but once you get on the Island, there's, the only remnants, so there was, it started off with a baseball diamond, was the first baseball diamond in the United States 
to have a raised mound, like the mound, you know, it was kind of with the hill. Everybody else had flat mounds. So this was the birthplace of a raked mound, which is sought after because it gave you an advantage while pitching. And so when the Cincinnati Reds came to play the defiance team, this is before professional leagues. It was like barn, like teams would cross the country and just play any team basically that had a town, you know, that had a base, you know, like a real team. So they came and played defiance Ohio and they were hitting home runs out into the river on this baseball field in the early 1900s in front of hundreds of people, you know, Victorian style people dressed. It's just insane to think to me that now it's just this overgrown woodland swampy area, you know? And so then it went from the baseball diamond to a 700 seat stadium auditorium to where they would have majors because back in the day speeches were kind of like trending you know like you could literally go on a speech tour and give the same speech in all these cities because there was no internet and they'd pay you good money to come give that speech and get the town riled up for whatever event or for politics or you know so William Bryant Jennings, or I can't remember his name for sure, but it sounds like that. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering it, but he was a very big speechwriter, ran for president, and he, he did a lot of speeches. There was one called The Acres of Diamonds, Thousand Acres of Diamonds, something like that. It was a very big speech, and Defiance Ohio paid him to come out here. Well, they wanted to pay him to come out and do that speech in the auditorium for a group of people called the Chatequa, which was a group that spun off from the Lyceum in the late 1800s, which was culture-based. They would get together for seven days a year and just do as much culture exchange as possible because they thought that Americans were stupid back then. like Because it was all these prisoners and all these people in America weren't like the best that England sent, you know? So they thought the average American was pretty dumb. And what they wanted to do was educate as many people as possible. So they'd be patriotic and would be educated enough to vote for something that will help them instead of being brainwashed, you know? So they were educating as many people and it started on the river and it spread like wildfire, Pretty soon, the whole country was in love with the Chattaqua, and there were Chattaqua events all over. And then the island was like the heart, you know. It started off in New York and went across Ohio. But when it got to Defiance, it, what happened was they would do a seven-day event on the island. And each day would represent something else. But it was like one day would be dedicated to like religion and they would have some of the biggest scariest religious speeches and they would talk about in the middle of the night on the island they'd have all these victorian people there listening to speeches about the devil and brimstone and sinning you know with the flames dancing along the walls and then you you know my dr younger always said he'd, he'd always say chances are you probably didn't sin for the next week <laughs> you know and it's like yeah, is that's the kind of like, you know, they just got washed away in a big flood. There's nothing of like, there's 
there's just so much that's going to be coming out. I, I don't want to say too much, but there's just, there's a lot more yeah. of that, you know, cause that was just for seven days. The rest of the time they had all kinds of activities and things going on out there. Campground that was state of the art with a penny cart where you could like get these little carts and drive around the, the islands. It had electricity, uh, trolleys, a train, a pontoon bridge. You could walk across. Like it's just this, crazy yeah so that that's why when he would tell me all these stories it was like oh man <laughs> we got it we got to put this on film yeah no that's super cool and crazy right that so many people don't know of this like people like you who lived in the area grew up there maybe they passed the river the island you know they know where it is or like hey we used to yeah <laughs> do not great stuff there when we were teenagers or you know like there's so much there and no one knows about that like that's crazy right yeah there's there's a few islands are my next one dr younger and me are doing is called gertie island which is just down the river but gertie island was kind of like what everybody thought was cool the history there may be buried treasure kind of thing and he helped the indians and he hated americans kind of he, he buried holes all over gertie island when they were trying to they were trying to arrest him because he was hiding Indians back when they were trying to murder them all, you know, and that's why he didn't like the Americans. He was still British loyal because of that reason. So when General Wayne and all them were over there murdering, and it was just the horrible, whatever you want to say, the things that happened, he was hiding the Indians. And so they sent people to kill him and arrest him. Well, he killed the two soldiers, the American soldiers that went there or something like that. I'm not a history person. I'm just... And so what happened was they tried to arrest him over and over again. He built all these buried holes on the island to hide himself when the when the soldiers came and Indians and stuff, you know. So everybody thinks there's buried treasure, but he was out there big, digging holes to hide, which is the real truth. But it's just so funny. But everybody loves that history. But the Preston Island is literally downtown, but it's positioned in such a way that it's almost invisible from the downtown you have to kind of drive down the road about a mile and even then it's really hard to see because it just looks like the other side of the river so it's it's really out of sight out of mind and the history was lost until about the 70s and then even then it seemed like nobody really cared but it's just one of those things it became like an obsession with me (laughs) after i found out you know and i just Everybody I tell just kind of gets that bug. Like, what? How did I not know this? So they go do research and they find out there's no research except whatever Dr. Younger printed in newspapers back in the 70s, you know. So there's just, there's no pictures. And then, so Dr. Younger has all the pictures. He has all the the, the postcards and the speeches. And I photographed his private collection. Uh, it's, just, it's just really immense that... He actually talked to back. There was a little girl who sat in the stadium seat in like 1910. Her mom brought her there to listen to William Jennings speak. And he talked to her one night at dinner a long time ago, probably like, I don't know if it was the forties or whatever, fifties or whatever it was. But he said he talked to her and she, she like detailed the inside of it to him. And like, like, that's just insane to think that somebody, he talked to somebody that was on the island in the, you know, like 1910 
you know, she's long been gone, but it's like, if when he's gone, there will be nobody, you know? So it's just crazy. It's super exciting. And w- when is it expected to be released? So if we're following along with you, and I mean, that's the cool thing with film is, and that's why I, in college, I started joining like a film club because I did theater. And if you didn't come to the exact show at the location, you could never see me. So I'm like, film, you can be anywhere in the world and I can send you my project. Yeah. But I think that's what is so exciting for all of us listening now is whether we're in Ohio with you or I'm in California, like you can be anywhere. Oh no, but that's a good when, point. Like when can we get excited for yeah. when this is going to come um, out? I'm trying to get it the last either Saturday or Sunday of November. And then we're going to have it play on YouTube live. It'll like count down and start. So everybody at the college and everybody online can watch it together and it's going to be free. We're going to give it to as many schools, as many we're going to get to PBS and we already got about 31 film festivals. We're going to enroll it in. And then, you know, we were just, we want to get this out for as many people as free to learn about this local history, just to kind of bring, a little bit of attention to this small town, my small town, because it's really interesting. And I think the world needs to know about, you know, about local history. Yeah. And what does your timeline look now as far as like, as we're talking or towards the beginning of the year, like, what are you working on now? We finalized the script probably two months ago. We started shooting. We have the first third of the movie done. We broke it up into thirds. The first set, is like the intro, the body, and the and then the end is how we broke it up. And so right now we are doing the narrating phase of the, the, the uh, finalizing the first section and the second section. We are starting recording next week. By April, it should be completed. And then I'm going to do like some just public, like just trying to get as much attention brought to it and get you know as many people because we're talking at a few libraries. We're going to try to do a few more events, a few more speeches, just to try to get people to, to, to watch it. Because I'm excited. It's going to have a lot of, it's going to be years of work, if not, you know, decades or whatever for him. You know, So it's like, we're just, I'm trying to make it a real big deal because he had, he's a cancer survivor and he's just so scared that we won't get this message out there. So it's kind of like it's kind of a big deal for everybody, you know, not just like us, but for him too. So April is my deadline. I'm hoping to hit for full completion. If that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super exciting. Cause as we're listening, we can follow along with your journey, which we'll, we'll get to that in a bit of how we, we can support you and follow along. But for us listening now, do you have any sort of trailer that we could link in the show notes or a way that we can oh, for sure. kind of see. Yeah. Because I know you shared it with me. So I don't want to be like, yeah, folks, we can't show you, but it was very cool. So oh, did I is there a way as, as I forgot that I shared. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few trailers. Cool. You can share them if you'd like. You know, was there a link that had a few different ones in there? I saw the one with the narrate, like where you oh, well, I did the narrate it. Which was funny because I wasn't supposed to narrate it. Dr. Younger was. And we had a situation to where he has no immune system basically. And, uh, I got a little sick, so he couldn't come to the studio and record. And we were having uh, a release at the library that we kind of built up the trailer to for. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I got to do it. It's, <laughs> so I did it. And it was just, I didn't really, I hate my voice. So it was kind of funny, but yeah, you can believe Yeah. We'll, we'll put that in whatever you need. 
That'd be awesome. Cool. Oh, no, that sounds so cool. So yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. And then <laughs> how about as we get towards the end of this, do you have any advice that you could give for other entrepreneurs out there, small business owners who are parents and have a busy schedule? Because you've talked about, it sounds like you have a great routine down, <laughs> like you've been able to figure it out. But what have you learned that you could share with people listening? You have to kind of be selfless because there's just so many things that you think is just going to happen just to wait. You, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go get my LLC and I'm going to get my first paycheck and I'm going to go cash it, you know, and then it's like, oh, no, there's just all these little things you didn't realize you have to do <laughs> It's like just to get the money, you know, and it was there was so many. It was such a learning curve because I wasn't taught anything from anybody. It was kind of just going through and lots of mistakes. So I believe that you got to look like a fool to, you know, to be a master. So you got to be comfortable making those mistakes. I look at my videos that I post like just a year ago and it was like, I didn't really thought I needed to learn Adobe Premiere Pro. And I was like, once I learned how to use it, I was like, I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I, I want to go back and delete everything I've ever done. (laughs) So it's not on the internet, you know, and it's, but I don't know. So I guess my advice would be to just don't give up. Don't be afraid to look stupid. Find people around you who believe in you because if you tell something to somebody and you think it's a good idea and then the first thing that comes out of their mouth is why it's bad, it's really, it deflates the sales so quick, you know, and I had, that was my problem. I, I was listening to too many people instead of following my heart. And once I started following my heart, man, it was, God just kept opening up door after door. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. Thanks for sharing that. And for your own business, and it can be within, you know, creating films or the documentary itself. Could you share some of like, what is the future for your short-term goals, your long-term goals? Yeah, my short-term goals would be to complete this film. And then the next one would be to, I would love I would love to get an award of some sort to give to Dr. Younger as like some sort of accomplishment, you know, like for all of his hard work, like, like to kind of just hold something like, so if my long-term goal is to get an award from this so we, so I can give something to him because he's, I'm not paying him anything for this. And uh, he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart and he's doing it at their pace of a young man and it's just this the fire that this man has inspires me so it's kind of like you got to figure out what you want at the long term and just try to get there but not realizing exactly how it's going to happen but just when the doors open up just just walk through like jim carrey says you know like it's just you know it's one of those things that's great and i know it'll be exciting too to see the different film festivals right as that kind of progresses yeah, if i can get in them they got all these screeners and if you can get them through the screeners and then which should be pretty easy i have a lady that works at a film festival in fort wayne indiana and she asked me to put it in there and so it's going to be i'm kind of excited to see like what other because I, it's my first one. It's going to suck. You, you know, <laughs> like it's my, it's not going to be good. You know, it's my first one. So I'm always like warning people, like it's going to suck, you know, but my mom seen the beginning of it and she's so, she just thinks it's the best thing, you know, like it looks so good. And so that makes me feel good, but 
if I could get the opinions of people who do it like professionally, it's not about like, I, I kind of know they're going to tear it apart, you know, like, Oh, I can't, I don't want to say like, cause I don't want to put any bad juju of what my, what my, my film might need worked on, but like they'll get, they'll critique it. And then I, I, I probably originally might feel sad, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn. And then I'll take that as, you know, constructive criticism and then I'll, and I use it to change, you know, that's like the biggest goal is for me to learn as much as I can so I can give the history. Cause I want to be a documentary style director and filmmakers. So it's like, I want to have a certain style. I want to have a certain like message and I want to really not do the history justice, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can let you know, I did do a short film and I, I think I put it in like four or five and it made one. So that's what one of my goals was like to get it on IMDb. It has to be publicly screened somewhere. So I was like, yes, I made that. But I learned like what you're saying. They put mine at like 12 p.m., which if you know film festival, no one goes at 12 p.m. So it was like me and five other filmmakers sitting in this giant theater. But it was still so exciting because I was like, I could clearly see like I'm not where I want to be yet with that. And then some of it, well, I learned, I had a whole list of things we could do better because it was blurry in parts of it because the camera wasn't focused, but we didn't have a, like a monitor to see that it wasn't focusing. So mm. I was actually acting in it too. And like parts of it, I'm like, on your phone, you can't tell that I'm blurry. But in this scene, when it's blown up, I'm like, oh my gosh, my face. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no. is that my face? You can't even see it. But I, I can completely relate with you yeah. of like, <laughs> it'll be so exciting though this whole journey and then you'll also be like okay let's go let's get the next one going because you you will have i think for sure like a ton of fuel for like what can we put into the next project taking what you've learned from this first one yeah for sure and then how can we best support you as listeners whether we're around your area or maybe we're somewhere you know oh, in the united um, states well I do editing, so if you need any editing, you could always get a hold of the Three Ninjas Productions Facebook page. But if you just need any advice, don't be afraid to message me. I, if I can give you any kind of expertise, which, you know, is take it at a grain of salt, I suppose. But if I can help in any single way, I, I love helping people who just want to start anything. If you're starting a small business, if you want to do a small charity that's nonprofit, or if you want to do something that's for profit, I kind of have an idea of how a lot of that stuff kind of works. So, but if you really want to support me, if you could just like and follow the three ninjas page so that I can kind of keep the, the lights on that's <laughs> we're trying to go full time now into the production to where it's like the main source of income. So I don't have to swing hammers and put in doors anymore. We're almost there. We got, if we can get one more high contract, that would be a blessing. <laughs> so, but yeah. And then any kind of just support, you know, for the movie, if you want to watch it online or comment or just say things, you know, you know, if you want to see something in the future or, or any kind of support, really. Yeah. And it'd be fun to have you back on the show come the fall. I mean, it sounds so far away now, but oh, it'll yeah. be here before you know it, because I'll try to make sure we can help uh, promote it too. just having you on the show and being like, hey, look, remember this episode? Well, guess what? Countdown to it releasing is coming up. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah, no, anything that to get the movie kind of out there, you know, to people to see it. And I, if I can help support you in any way, please just, you know, let me know for sure. Yeah, will do. And then finally, 
as we get to the very end of this, could you go ahead and close us out with any, whether it's final thoughts or encouragement to leave us with? I guess I would just say I would like to thank everybody who came together to make Preston Island possible. There was the Dark Horse Society, which is a really awesome restaurant in Defiance, who let us film there. Dr. Younger, Defiance College, and just the the city of Defiance in general is one of the most prettiest cities in the world, I believe. And I've been to a few countries. So it's kind of like God has always led me to places to where I feel like I'm supposed to be. And, you know, in the future, I just really hope that everything that I do kind of ends up being something that my children can be proud of. It's kind of what drives me. So I hope anybody else can find that kind of drive as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your journey, your story, and about the film. Super excited to follow along with you. And it's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks, my man. I hope you have a good day, dude. (laughs) Alrighty, we've made it to the end of another awesome business interview. Am I right? What fun that was just hearing everything from how James cares so much for his family, his love for them, as well as his future that he wants to create for himself, his family, the generations to come, I think is so admirable and so awesome to hear just a father loving his kids. So man, I hope you took a lot from that and just seeing everything that he's doing is to create that for himself, but also more importantly for his kids and getting to include them in the business. That is such an awesome opportunity. And I'm really excited to continue with following along with him. And I hope you are as well, because In the show notes, you have to take a look because we have the links to get you connected with the Facebook page, as well as, as we mentioned, a trailer for this documentary, Preston Island. I've done a little bit of filmmaking, as I mentioned on the show. I would love to get more into it because, as he mentioned, there really is just so much to it. But I'm right there in knowing the excitement, but also the, oh man, once it goes out, it's out and Uh, But I always say, and I've said this on other shows, that a great way that I've learned to look at stuff like that is it's the best you could do at the time with the talents you had and what you were given at that moment. So I know you all listening are going to be so excited as well to support James, his family, Three Ninjas Productions, and just all he's doing. So I hope you have been encouraged as well as uplifted and motivated to go out and find what you're passionate about, what works well in your life, and really chase after those dreams as James has been doing and is doing in his very own life. So with that, we're going to leave it here. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be talking with you all very soon. Thanks for joining us today on Fisher Philbrick The Show. If you liked what you heard and would like to dive in deeper, we encourage you to become a Fisher Philbrick Inside member. Our Inside members become a part of Fisher Philbrick, getting newsletters and resources, giveaways, behind the scenes, a community invite, and even a calm one-on-one call with myself. Grab the link in the show notes and join us today.